0: This is another damn sports podcast. Hello everybody and thank you for tuning in to another damn sports podcast. I am Drew Torres here with Money Mike Kilcrest, the man himself, the man with the money, Mike. How you doing, buddy?
1: I'm doing great. I'm doing great. It's great to be back doing another episode. I was so happy to be back last week uh, with this new microphone, bringing all this new NFL stuff to all you guys. Uh, We talked a lot of AFC predictions last week, which I think after some things that have transpired this week, we might need to change Uh, (laughs) with, with, uh, you know, the Ravens uh, injuries and uh, Cam Newton being released by the New England Patriots. And they announcing Mac Jones as the starter. We'll dive into some of that. Trevor Lawrence had a fantastic preseason finale. We'll dive into that a little bit, but today we're here to bring you the uh, NFC predictions, and I'm excited to talk about uh, my New York football Giants.
0: Mike, which of the conferences are more interesting to you, the AFC or the NFC? Un- unbiased. I know unbiased. you love your Giants, but...
1: Well, I would say unbiased still the NFC, because there's a lot of teams in the NFC that I feel like are in like the Super Bowl contention more so than the AFC, I think there are a lot of playoff teams in contention for the AFC. Like I think for those final wild card spots, it's going to come down to a few teams fighting for it. I think like you know Pittsburgh, Indianapolis, New England, trying to just get in the playoffs. But in terms of Super Bowl contention, I really feel like you've got Kansas City, Buffalo, maybe Tennessee, maybe Baltimore, but maybe not Baltimore anymore. Um, whereas in the a- in the NFC, you have Tampa Bay, San Francisco, Green Bay, uh, the Rams, the Seahawks all of which you can make an argument for that could be in Super Bowl contention this year in the NFC. So I feel like the NFC is just a little bit slightly uh, has the edge over the uh, the AFC in that regard. Yeah, I totally
0: agree. Like, honestly, going into last year's playoffs, very few people expected the Bucks to make it to the Super Bowl. And they just went on an absolute complete tear. So it, the AFC was kind of everybody kind of saw what was coming. It was going to be the Chiefs and the Bills and in the AFC championship, most likely, and you knew the Chiefs were going to come out on top. So there was a lot less parody on that side. So, hey, I think I 100% agree with you. But in terms of parody, man, all of the news that came out today, why don't you get us started?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I was shocked as much as uh, anybody was, but more so, I was shocked. Probably the people who were the most shocked are New Englanders uh, because the talk all preseason was who's going to start for the Patriots? Should it be Cam Newton? Should it be Mac Jones? And a lot of the Patriot fans that I know and that I talk to, we're saying Cam Newton should start at the beginning of the season, give uh, Mac Jones some time to learn, and then maybe he'll step in uh, later on in this season or maybe even next year. Um, but uh, Cam Newton was released by the New England Patriots. Everyone was shocked by that. Um, Cam Newton did say that he did not want to be a backup. So maybe this was a mutual parting of ways uh, in the fact that he put, maybe he asked to be released if he didn't win the starting job. Um, he did put something out on social media about, like, you know, I deserve loyalty or something. And, and, you know, people interpreted that as like, was he taking a shot at Bill Belichick and he came out and was like, no, 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 that was something about my kids or whatever. Who knows? But um, everyone kind of concluded that Mac Jones had the better preseason. And if you remember back when Drew Bledsoe was a starting quarterback of the New England Patriots, Bill Belichick felt at the time that Tom Brady had a better preseason than Drew did, but because they had given so much money to Bledsoe and Brady was still a very young quarterback, he didn't make the leap to make Tom the starter. And then we all know the story, Drew Bledsoe gets hurt and Tom comes in and plays amazing and wins the Super Bowl. So I think this time around, Bill Belichick saw this scenario and was like, you know what? I'm going to pull the trigger this time and go with the, the rookie quarterback. And everyone said before the draft that Mac Jones was the most ready quarterback to start of all this all the quarterbacks coming in in this class. So it's going to be interesting to see him play. I think that their offense is more geared for Mac Jones to succeed than Cam Newton because it's still Josh McDaniels is the offensive coordinator and you know, he had a lot of success with Tom Brady and Mac Jones is a lot more like Tom Brady than Cam Newton is.
0: Yeah, no, that's a hundred percent true. And especially with uh, the Patriots, just having that whole organization, they, they know how to win. So, you know, it, it, as long as you give them a guy like Mac Jones, they could definitely make it work, especially with all of those free agent signings that they made over the offseason, a lot of their defensive guys coming back, like you said, last week. And I, I don't know, it's just the Cam Newton experiment that started last year just never really seemed to work out in any capacity i mean i know covid played a huge role in that with with cam kind of going on a downturn but i don't know i just i did not think it worked out
1: this this kind of feels like um a relationship uh, rebound you know you say you know you're you're dating a guy that you had a lot of happy memories with a lot of great things happened in your relationship you were together for a long time and that guy decides to leave you and you start dating another guy. Who's the exact opposite of the guy you've been with for a long time to try something new, maybe, or maybe to make the other guy jealous. Uh, Cause he's so different from what you were dating before. And, you know, it's fun at the very beginning, but then it kind of fades off. And it's like, well, there's a reason you were with that guy for such a long period of time. There was a, a dynamic there. He was, he was your type. Uh, and now they've found someone like their type again. And it's like, okay, he's more, he, he's, I'm going to have a long term future with him, not with this guy. I'm with now, yeah, you're fun, but see you later. Oh my God. That's, that's what this the, feels like to me. <laughs> the
0: relationship analogies. Money Mike loves those, man. But hey, honestly, that was pretty spot on because that's exactly what happens.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, it, it's, you know, Tom Brady was somebody they had a lot of success with and they had their rebound quarterback in Cam Newton. And now that they're over their rebound and Tom Brady won a Super Bowl last year, it's like, okay, now we got to get serious. Now we have to get serious. <laughs> All right. Michael, I have to ask you the
0: most hard-hitting question of the day. Okay. Who would be better in bed, Cam Newton
1: or Mac Jones? Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I, I, maybe Cam Newton he has more experience.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. He is older. So, yeah, he'd probably be able to give you a better time.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, there's a reason that uh, – I'll just say this. There's a reason why Cards Against Humanity came out with particular names of cards, not you – know, <laughs> you know where I'm going with that. For <laughs> oh anyone who's played God. Cards Against Humanity. Uh,
0: yeah. All right, <laughs> you know let's, let's just move on to Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. So we, can, yeah. we can't – we can't. I'll
1: it. leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> you Monk's being the crass
0: one today. Look at that. Who would have expected? <laughs> um, Trevor Lawrence coming off of <laughs> his best preseason performance um, against the Dallas Cowboys' 10th string. Um, but it, it still looked really good, though. Trevor Lawrence going 11 for 12 for uh, two touchdowns. I mean, he looked like the quarterback that the Jacksonville Jaguars drafted him to be. And I, honestly, I know it was against uh, probably a bunch of guys that the Cowboys didn't even end up signing to their roster after the game. But just building the young quarterback's confidence, like I said last week, that is the most pivotal thing that you need to do as an organization if you're going to throw him out there right at the beginning got to get him some confidence and I think this was the game to do it
1: yeah I mean this was a a game that was exciting to see uh, Trevor Lawrence play so well because we just came off of seeing him play against the Saints where it looked like that line was not going to be able to protect him at all and it was like oh this might be a long season for for Trevor Lawrence but he came out and just you know yes it was against like backups and not so great competition but he played against the people who were in front of him he only had one incomplete pass. He threw two touchdowns. He didn't get sacked, and he had a quarterback rating of one hundred and fifty-four point five. So he went out there and did his job. He did his job, and he did his job really well. So I, I think that it was exciting. Uh, I was more so excited for you when I was watching what I saw. That he, he looked like he was having a lot of fun out there, and it was like kind of like this like raw enthusiasm that uh, you don't really see from players who wear the Jacksonville Jaguars uniform. So it was nice to see that, you know, I I don't know. I I thought it was cool. Yeah,
0: no, it absolutely was cool. And I really, it's just nice to see a quarterback that can really just make every throw and just seems like an elite passer, you know, like he has all of the qualities to become an elite passer, as long as his career continues on the trajectory that it should. So, I mean, things are looking good. We got to get the team around him, as we've been saying, but for now i'm just excited for the season to start um and our third point here before we get into our nfc preview uh we want to review the buffalo bills preseason so why don't you take this one away mike
1: well they won every game uh they, <laughs> they won every single game they they uh josh allen looked fantastic against uh green bay and what the small amount of time he was playing dude that um, bullet he
0: had over oh 30 my god. yards for the touchdown my god
1: yeah I wouldn't want to be standing in the way of that football. Let's just put it that way. Yeah.
0: How the hell can you catch that thing? My hands would just be seizing afterwards.
1: So, I mean, the, the bills uh, had a good preseason, which shows that they're still strong. I I think, I mean, again, you're not playing all your starters and the other teams not playing all their starters either, but from what they, what they were able to put out there, they looked pretty good. Um, I'm not sure who the bills starting running back is going to be. A lot of people say it's going to be Moss, but I don't know if Moss is healthy or back. So maybe it's gonna be Devin Singletary. Some people think Matt Breida should be the starting running back. Um, I've heard that argument thrown out there. So that's, there's a question about the running game, but you can't question, um, how Josh Allen is for real. Last year was not a one hit wonder for him. He's going to be probably arguably the second best quarterback in the league this year behind Patrick Mahomes. And some people say he's going to be the best quarterback in the league over Patrick Mahomes. I don't believe that, but there are some people <laughs> who are speculating that uh, I was a lot of fun when we were at your bachelor party uh, weekend in Pittsburgh. And we had, uh, I walked in with uh, Tommy and Jason wearing bills shirts and people were like, Oh, we're going to beat you week one. And Oh, Josh Allen sucks. And I, I wanted to turn to the guy who said, Josh Allen sucks. And just say, listen, I get we're in Pittsburgh. You're a Steeler fan. They're playing the Bills. Yada, you got to talk your trash. But right now, would you, if you were given the opportunity to take big Ben as he is right now, <laughs> or Josh Allen, who would you take? And if he said Ben Roethlisberger, I've been like, you're an idiot. <laughs> and you know who you're else would lying. say you're an idiot? You know who else would say you're an idiot? <laughs> ben Roethlisberger would say you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> he's
0: like, yeah. He's like, I can't make that thorough. You're kidding me. My arm is like a noodle arm at this point. Oh yeah. He's been playing.
1: Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious. So I mean, you talk trash all you want, but it makes sense. You know, yeah, no, you it, gotta like, have some if reason. Do it, do it properly,
0: <laughs> right? Like if you just if you look at me and say, all oh, the Jaguars suck," it's like, yes, we all know this. <laughs> but if you're just gonna completely say something that is just not true at all, man, you're just out of touch.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Like, you know, what was a good trash talk was, I I saw a video of an Eagles fan uh, trolling Eli, where he was saying, I, you know, you're probably saying, I wish I was Peyton. And he's probably like, yeah, he probably is saying that because Peyton's so much better than him, but you know, (laughs) that's a fair point, but it it was funny and it was true. That was, that was good. That was good. Trash talk.
0: Funny and true. That is the best way to talk trash, but uh, funny and true is hopefully what this discussion is going to be going forward about the NFC and how we think, uh, all of this is going to shape out, and it looks like you want to start with the most exciting and most hotly contested division Oh yeah. the National Football Conference.
1: By far. The NFC Least is the best division in football. They're the most exciting to talk about. They're the most fun to dive into. Let's get going. So um, you have the ugh, America's team, the Dallas Cowboys, <laughs> with Dak Prescott returning with a full contract and coming off of a season ending injury last year Uh, that happened when he played the amazingly talented New York football giants. Um, The Washington does not have a name football team, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles and my favorite, the New York football giants. Now here's what I'll say. Totally unbiased giants offensive line. Still again, it's terrible. <laughs> the <laughs> offensive line. I don't know how it's so hard to fix an offensive line, but it truly is. Thomas is so worried about giving up inside gaps that he always lets his defender beat him on the outside. And then when his defender doesn't beat him, it's because Thomas was holding him. <laughs> and it's so frustrating because Daniel Jones is a smart kid and he has a lot of talent, but he's not going to be able to display that if he doesn't have a chance to throw the football. <laughs> Saquon Barkley, one of the best running backs in the league, won't be able to be one of the best running backs in the league if he can't get past the fucking offensive line.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the frustration is already boiling over. Before we drafted,
1: we drafted uh, Tony. He might not ever see the ball because Daniel Jones can't throw it to him. You know, so <laughs> the Giants have a a good defense. I wouldn't say a great defense, but they have a very good defense. They have a good coaching, but they now have four four coaches strictly focused on the offensive line. <laughs> so. I'm sorry. To all my fellow Giants fans listening, I feel somewhat optimistic about this season in regard to this. I feel like the Giants have the second best offense in the NFC least. And I think they have the second best defense. What that means is you have the Dallas Cowboys who should have the best offense in the division. So when you play Dallas, hopefully our defense can slow them down and maybe our offense, it would be like a low scoring game. And the Giants can maybe hold dallas down and maybe or it may be a high scoring game where the giants can outscore them because dallas's defense is so bad and maybe that'll give our offense a, a game to shine and build confidence dude
0: there is so much frustration in your voice right now it is i know so funny. i know Well, because
1: i want <laughs> i want them to be good so badly you know what it is it, it's it's that because uh, they're, they're zero and zero right now i'd not like you know last year they lost the first seven games okay this is just like
0: <laughs> seven games i forgot about that
1: yeah so let's just let's put it in context here they finished the season five and three uh at their last eight games but their first uh, they went one and seven in their first eight. so what does that tell you uh so they play washington washington's uh, offense is not that good um because i don't believe in fitz magic but their defense is phenomenal they have a great defense and they're going to probably be not only the best defense in the nfc least probably the best defense in the nfc so when you play the redskins I'm sorry, the Washington football team. Uh, You're probably going to have a low scoring contest and hopefully the Giants can just maybe squeak by with that. I don't know, but that should be, those are games that are winnable for them too. Um, And then they're better than Philadelphia. I'm sorry, they just are. I mean, Philadelphia is a pain in the ass and always beats the Giants in some heartbreaking way. Uh, But I feel like this is the year where the Giants can sweep them. So I really feel good about the Giants' chances in the NFC East. That being said, I do not predict that they'll win it. I want them to, There's all the logical reasons why I think they can, but I have it shaping out like this. I have the Dallas Cowboys finishing at 10 and seven, 10 and seven. They'll get blown out on Thursday next week at, at Tampa Bay on national television. It'll be delicious to watch. Can't wait to see that happen. Delicious. What a, what a word, but, but Dallas will finish the season probably 10 and seven Dak Prescott will return giving them a little bit of a lift. I feel like Mike McCarthy is a good enough coach to where they'll, they'll be, they'll be 10 and seven. I think 10 games wins the division. So I'm going to go with a lot of the experts and say that Dallas wins the division, hoping to jinx them so that they don't. Uh, secondly, I think both Washington and the giants finish at eight and nine, I think eight and nine is a respectable, uh, record for the giants and for the, the Washington football team. Uh, even though they're, you know, maybe one or two of them will finish. They might finish nine and eight, but I think that, you know, the the two of them just aren't good enough to really be those 10 win 11 12 win teams they're just there's not that good and Philadelphia's going to be 4 and 13 i'm completely writing philadelphia off and unfortunately a lot of times with the nfc least the team that you write off is the team that sneakily wins the whole division so who knows i just don't believe in philadelphia drew those are my thoughts on the nfc least what are your thoughts
0: your many thoughts there was a lot of thoughts there folks uh take a second to uh decompress there after you heard that money mike tirade about his beloved new york football giants all right there's your moment now <laughs> this is going to completely blow you guys away i am picking my winner of this division purely because of the biggest news that was received during this week in the nfl and money mike, oh, I, can see your, I can see on your face you know where i'm going with this Jalen hurts is either going to get hurt or he's going to just play like absolute dog crap for the first quarter of the season. He's going to get benched and their new quarterback in that QB room is going to take over and just bring this Eagles team to the promised land, bring them on a streak. Joe Flacco, (laughs) not Joe Flacco. Maybe he'll take over in January. Oh yeah. But before that, the man himself, Minshew Magic, Gardner Minshew, was traded to the Philadelphia Eagles this week. And I think he is going to get that starting job. And he's going to bring the Eagles to the promised land, win the NFC least, shock the world. The New York football giants are going 0-16. And, and it's going to be absolutely hilarious.
1: 0-16. Oh, well, what are they going to do in the 17th game, Ty? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, sorry. 0-17. Oh, Shit. Okay. I'm not used to this anymore. <laughs> no, I'm act- I'm actually gonna stick with that Eagles pick because that's hilarious. Okay, but and then I do think it's gonna be I'll say the Cowboys, Redskins, and Giants. It's obvious that I don't have any records prepared for this week too because I thought that was funny, and we will just stick with the same format. Uh, so Eagles, Cowboys, Redskins, or football team, Giants.
1: Yeah, don't be racist. You can't say Redskins on. Yeah, I know. On I'm radio. sorry. I'm sorry. How I'm dare sorry. you? A bunch of Native Americans are gonna storm your apartment tomorrow. <laughs> All right, Mike, lead us to the NFC North. All right. So uh, the NFC North is homed by the Green Bay Packers, uh, the Chicago Bears, the Minnesota Vikings, and the Detroit Lions. For those of you listening who do not know, Um, look, Green Bay has gone 13 and three the last two seasons. I don't think they're going to be as good this year with all the Aaron Rodgers drama. Maybe that brings the team itself down a little bit. I think they'll still be the favorite to win that division. So I have the Packers winning the division at a record of 11 and six. Um, The Chicago bears I have finishing at nine and eight because they are stupid and they are not going to play Justin Fields to start off. I, I, here's the thing. I was all last week saying that I thought that the best idea was them to go with Andy Dalton and have Justin Fields learn. But at seeing how Justin Fields has played this preseason, he's way more talented than Andy Dalton. You play the player that's better and Justin Fields, I think is better. And I feel like Andy Dalton is just so boring. And, Your tune has completely
0: changed about Andy Dalton in one week.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, because it's just – I I was reading up on some stuff and listening to some things, and I was like, yeah, you know what? The Bears are – defense is so good and you know this is being a Jags fan with having that great defense and a lackluster quarterback the Bears defense is probably so frustrated with how good they've played the last few years but they just haven't had an offense to back them up or give them any kind of breathing room and I feel like Andy Dalton is just a safe more the same type of player that they'll put in there whereas Justin Fields is electrifying and he's a difference maker he's a playmaker and I feel like they're you know playing the safe move and playing Andy Dalton to start off the season which I was on board with a week ago but Now I'm like, wait a minute. These guys need a change of atmosphere. Maybe they should play Justin Fields to play. Maybe they'll electrify not only the team in the locker room, but maybe the Bears fans and everything that goes on with the Chicago Bears. So I feel like they're going to, you know, struggle to start the year with Andy Dalton, and then they'll put Justin Fields in. They'll play better. They'll finish nine and eight. The Vikings are, I don't know. I'm not high or low on the Vikings this year. I have them finishing nine and eight um and then i have detroit being the lions and finishing in last place with a record of three and 14 detroit so. being the lions i like that that's a good way to put that
2: <laughs>
1: so, uh. so that's how i have the that's how i uh, envision the uh nfc north how about you mike did someone piss you off at work today like, like you just seem so heated right now. Just talking about all these teams. It, it's still, uh, it's still the New York giants talking about the New York giants. <laughs> it kind of, you know, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll calm down by the time we reach the NFC uh, South, but <laughs>
0: <laughs> for now, money, Mike is still rolling through with this blaze of anger, but uh, well, no, I, I honestly, I see the NFC North uh, working out the same exact way as you said. I mean, obviously it, I feel like just a couple of years ago, if not last year, and yep, it was a couple of years ago. We were saying the NFC North was absolutely stacked, and this this yeah. might be the best division in football. Right. And now it's like uh, I feel a little lukewarm about the NFC North. Like you said, Green Bay is probably the best team, but when a, a team's morale and organization as a whole is just in shambles, it's like it, it's so hard to feel as confident. But who knows? Once they start playing, Aaron Rodgers might still just be the Aaron Rodgers of old, but he probably will be but win us over with some dazzling crazy throws that nobody else in the NFL can make. And then we'll just be like, all right, green Bay Packers, NFC North champs, let's crown them now.
1: So I, uh, I have the same predictions. Okay. All right. So uh, whew, that's me. Goose Fraba. Take a, a little bit of a breather here. Uh, for those of you who've never seen the movie anger management, that is where that is from. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, let's move on to the NFC South. Uh, the defending Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, one that they did not win the division last year, actually, they came in as a wild card. The New Orleans Saints, who no longer have the Hall of Famer and all around swell guy, Drew Brees, leading them anymore. Um, Carolina Panthers and the Atlanta Falcons also are in that division. Um, it, I still don't know who the quarterback is going to be for the Saints. I don't know if uh, Jameis Winston looked really good in the preseason. I think he's the best one for the job. I think the Saints team is still really good. But I think that now that they've had an off season um, to build some more chemistry, and the fact that they won a Super Bowl together, and pretty much everyone from the team is back, I see the Tampa Bay Buccaneers rock and roll through this regular season. Uh, I have them finishing thirteen and four, and they win the division. Um, I hope again they play on NBC next week, primetime, first game of the NFL season. It's going to be delicious to watch them destroy the Dallas Cowboys on national television. Um, I have the Saints finishing in second with a record of eight and nine. Maybe they'll finish with like nine or 10 wins because they still have a great coach and they still have a pretty good roster, but they're without Michael Thomas for a little while. And with the quarterback drama there, I don't know. They're just, they're hit or miss for me. Um, And then i have Carolina finishing with a record of seven and 10. I'm sorry, Sam Darnold's not going to make all the difference in the world. Carolina's going to be in the same boat to me that they were in last year. Just kind of below average, below average. That's their, that's their window. And I just think Atlanta is going to be bad. So I have them finishing with a record of six and 11. Um, And that's how I see the NFC South.
0: Yeah, no, the NFC South is kind of boring, to be honest. Like it's obvious that
1: Tampa Bay is going to be leaps
0: and bounds ahead of everyone else. And the Saints are going to be uh, the number two team, but pretty far behind. I I think Jameis Winston is going to be pretty good this year. Um, Mm -hmm. Like you said last week, it's just all about him keeping those turnovers down. But when you're working with guys, with a guy like Alvin Kamara in your backfield and that defense was pretty solid. Uh, I mean the sky's the limit they just have James Winston has to play like he should have played in Tampa Bay as the number one overall pick and he wasn't able to so uh, Tampa Bay is most likely to win NFC South and we will move on to the division that is by far the most interesting division in my opinion in the NFL Uh, honestly all four teams in this division could win the division who knows where the hell these teams are going to land from one to four so Mike I will have you start
1: Yeah, I I am very fascinated by how this season is going to play out. You have, you know, the Seattle Seahawks, the Los Angeles Rams, the San Francisco 49ers, and the Arizona Cardinals. All four teams have interesting storylines going into this year. Um, You have J.J. Watt coming from Houston to play for the Arizona Cardinals uh, with their young up-and-coming quarterback, Kyler Murray, who just seems to be getting better and better and better. Um, You have the Seattle Seahawks with, you know, Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson still. You can always count on them to – give you a strong team uh in that you know and they had played in one of the toughest places to play in Seattle. The Los Angeles Rams acquired Matthew Stafford. I oh I have been rooting for Matthew Stafford his entire career because you know he played for Detroit and Detroit's that team that nobody really hates on because you just feel so bad for them. Uh and Matthew Stafford has never had a chance to really shine because he was in Detroit. So now he's free. He will unleash. He is free. He can he It stinks that he lost acres to kind of give him some breathing room in terms of having a great running back behind you. But uh, he's got a lot of weapons. He's got Sean McVay, who's a genius when it comes to offensive football. So I am praying that he stays healthy and I am praying that his team stays healthy and that he plays very, very well, except when they play the Giants. Um, And then the San Francisco 49ers were so unlucky with the injuries they had last year. It felt like everything that could have gone wrong for them did last year. Uh, after losing to the super losing the super bowl to the Kansas city chiefs in a heartbreaking fashion the year before, um, they, and they've got their two quarterback drama between Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance. So here's how I see it. I think San Francisco has a bounce back year and they're going to win this division. Hmm. Um, I don't know how the two quarterback system is going to work out. sounds like they're going to play both of them. Uh, kind of like how they used Alex Smith and Colin Kaepernick for a while until Colin Kaepernick eventually took the job. And I think that's how it's going to play out here. Trey Lance will eventually be the guy. Um, I think they'll finish 13 and four. I think that the Rams and the Seahawks will finish 10 and seven and the Arizona Cardinals will finish nine and eight. Now the reason their records are so low is because they play each other. And I feel like they're going to split their matchups. Nobody's going to sweep anybody in this division. I feel like they're all going to split with each other. Um, but San Francisco does have, I think San Francisco and LA will be the top two teams and San Francisco does have the edge over LA the last few years, especially with Shanahan and McVay. So, I, I see the 49ers as the best overall team, and that's why I have them winning the division. Drew, what are your thoughts?
0: Well, I, I know this kind of bleeds into our conversation about the playoff picture, but do you think it's very possible that every team in this division ends up making the playoffs this year?
1: Um, you know what? It's very possible because all four of these teams, I will say, if they were each in the if the the team that won this division if the other three teams each in the nfc east the nfc north and the nfc south they probably win the division so <laughs> so that's that's very possible especially with this new seven team structure that they've done um i have three of them making it i have one not making it but i i, I will say it's very possible i think because they all play each other that's going to uh, hurt somebody's record along the way in right. that in that respect but uh, i definitely see your point and i think that it's absolutely possible
0: Yeah, it's definitely possible. Really what would need to happen is they would all need to just kind of beat each other in the uh, interdivisional matchups, but then they would all need to just basically go undefeated outside of those.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, you can break it down. There's one team making it out of the NFC lease that whoever wins the division makes it out. The other three won't be good enough to be a wild card. Uh, You know, Chicago and Minnesota could be a team that could get a wild card spot. We just don't know with them. Um, And then. I feel like new Orleans is that other team that is possible. I don't think that Carolina or Atlanta will be there. So the question you have to ask yourself is the team that finishes in fourth in this division would have to be better than new Orleans, Minnesota and Chicago, which is easily possible. But again, who knows what those three teams might have an easier schedule than that fourth team in the NFC, uh, the NFC West. Right.
0: No, that's definitely true. And I, I just wanted to point that out because it's kind of crazy to think like, oh my God, yeah. all four teams from a division making the playoffs because of this new structure. That would be nuts. Yeah. Um, but no, my uh, my prediction for this division is I actually think that the Matthew Stafford project in, in uh, Los Angeles is going to work out really well. I mean, like you said, you're fe- you're feeling kind of the same way. I think it's going to lead them to winning this division. I think Matthew Stafford is that good and he has just been held back for so long. And I think he's going to be so excited to be playing with all of this talent that they have on their offense. And then obviously, I mean, the upgrade from Jared Goff to him is going to be pretty substantial. Like I had never thought that Jared Goff was that good of a quarterback. I I felt like he was just benefiting from the really good defense that they had the year they made the Super Bowl, And he was putting up all of these great numbers because of the pieces he had around him. Now, when you throw in a a quarterback that's been able to overperform with shit for years in a system like that, with Sean McVay, like you said, I don't know, man. I, I just, I don't see this team losing too many games, especially with Jalen Ramsey on that defense. And then obviously Aaron Donald and that, that defense is really solid as well. It's a very complete team. Probably the most, I would say the most complete team in that division. I don't I don't know if uh, you would agree with me on that. Cause obviously
1: you had the 49ers winning the division, but just I from mean, I, top to bottom, I love the Rams. I think that the two most complete teams in that division, I would argue. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that maybe, maybe because the Rams have more of an establishment at quarterback, you might be right. But I, I don't know. I think the 49ers when healthy have a, just as strong of defense, if not a little bit stronger. Um, so I think that the Rams have better offensive weapons in terms of receiver. Um, but you know, San Francisco is George Kittle at tight end. I think he, you know, is the better of the two tight ends that are matched up there. And right now, because the Rams lost acres, I think that the running game is a little bit stronger in San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah. You might be right there, but so, I mean, so I, who knows? I mean, the thing is, is that Jimmy Garoppolo has always had a winning record with the 49ers. Um, so he might hold on to the starting job for now. Um, but who knows how this tel- quarterback system is going to work. It may not work at all. And it might cause drama, which might hurt them and propel the Rams to be a little bit of a better team this year. Right, exactly. Now, I, I think in a way, if you're the 49ers, you're kind of, I mean, you're not glad
0: that your first round pick got hurt, but at least made decisions on who's starting for the first week that much easier. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, it's definitely going to be Jimmy Garoppolo no matter what, and even for a little bit longer if we see, because obviously, lights I'm pretty sure he injured his thumb, right? I, I think that's what I saw happen to him.
1: I think so. But they, they yeah. did say, they did say before that, though, that they were going to try, like, a, you know, on wild. Cat plays, they would have Trey Lance in there and give him reps and yeah. games like that. So, uh, but you might be right. Maybe the first few games, San Francisco comes out and Jimmy Garoppolo plays well, and they're going to maybe just stick with him as long as they possibly can. Right. Because Trey Lance really has not a ton of experience. He's talented, but he does not have a lot of experience even before coming into the NFL. Yeah. So he I didn't mean, even play
0: against top competition in college. Right.
1: right. And so. we, we said at the top of the show, you know, Mac Jones was the guy who was said by all the experts that he's the most ready to start right now of the entire quarterback class and Trey Lance was the guy who they said has the, the is the least ready. So, you know, <laughs> exactly. So Trey Lance is the best, of all the rookie quarterbacks, he went to the best team, but he has the least amount of experience. Right. So that's why I, 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 this one, I'm going to stick with what I've been saying and they should stick with Jimmy Garoppolo for now.
0: Yes. I a hundred percent agree. I'm going to say Rams 49ers Seahawks Cardinals Cardinals. I, I think they're going to be good, but the issue is, I just don't think they have as complete of a team as uh, the Rams and 49ers. And I just feel like Russell Wilson always finds a way, you know, he, he I will never count that guy out in a million years. So. That,
1: yeah, that's how I felt. I felt between the two, between the Cardinals and the Seahawks for who got third. I said, if you give me Kyler Murray or you give me Russell Wilson, who am I going to take? And I'm going to take Russell Wilson. So. Right.
0: Exactly. All right. Well, why don't we uh, give everybody our playoff seedings?
1: Sure. Sure. Uh, I'll start. I have uh, Tampa Bay having mean, the number one seed. I think they're just going to have a, a very good regular season. I think they're going to come in with all that momentum of winning the Super Bowl and really just, you know, roll over a lot of teams. Um, and then I have the San Francisco 49ers finishing as the second seed. Um, and then I have the green Bay Packers at third. I have Dallas getting the fourth seed, not because of their record, but because they win the division, they're going to get guaranteed a home game there And then my three wild card spots are going to the Los Angeles Rams, the Seattle Seahawks. And I have the Chicago bears sneaking in there over uh, the Arizona Cardinals for that final spot. Um, Like I said, I feel like I, I, I believe in Justin Fields and I don't think he's going to come in right away, but I feel like once he does, it's going to take the bears off and they're going to have a lot of momentum um, and that they will get into the seventh seed just barely. And Nagy will once again, barely keep his job. I enjoy the pun
0: that you just used there. They're, they're going to barely make it into the playoffs and totally accidental. Gonna barely keep his job. That's funny. I love it. Yeah. Um, so in terms of my seedings, uh, I I believe that Tampa Bay is going to be number one as well. I, I just feel like they obviously don't have as much of a divisional obstacle as the guys in the NFC West do. Yeah, uh, I'm going to have the, the Rams at number two. It's going to be fun. Green Bay at number three and then the Eagles at number four, baby. Let's go. Fly, Eagles, fly.
1: Oh God. What a, what a, <laughs> how much did how much did Chris pay you before we recorded this?
0: He didn't pay me anything, man. I just love myself some Gardner Minshew. Okay. And I am going to be a huge Eagles fan this year. Um so yeah, Eagles at number four. And then I'm going to do the 49ers, Seahawks. You know what? I'm going to predict it just because it would be so cool. I'm going to say the Arizona Cardinals make it as the the third wildcard team as well. So an all-NFC West playoff, it's going to be fun. All right, so over the last couple seasons, Mike and I have made the absolute moronic decision of ignoring the biggest industry surrounding the NFL in fantasy football and honestly it's because we're terrible fantasy football players uh, we do zero research and we basically just hope for the best every year and that's basically why we decided to just not even give you guys any advice every year and just let you get through it on your own but this year we decided to bring on an expert and this guy is my coworker, the broiest dude i have ever met in my life harrison aquino how's it going
2: buddy What's up, dude? You know, I love being called an expert. It feels really good. I've never been an expert (laughs) in anything, so this is great.
0: Come on, man. You're not an expert accountant?
2: (laughs) Not as much as you, big (laughs) guy.
0: Well, much appreciated. Well, I know that uh, you and I have spoken about a little bit of your fantasy escapades over the years. How many leagues have you won? Maybe, let's say like, what, 10, 20,
2: 30? Yeah, you know, I'm up in the uh, 30 to 40 range at this point, so... Um, No, no, no. no. (laughs) I've won once and I routinely, uh, I I prefer to finish second or third, apparently.
0: Yeah, Uh, it sounds like you've had a little bit of bad luck in that regard, huh? You always make it to the big game and then your guys just kind of fall out.
2: That's right. So I wouldn't wouldn't, uh, take my advice uh, if you're in the championship, I guess. Otherwise, I seem to do okay.
0: Yeah, he will get you to the game, and then you're on your own from there. So to get us started, uh, basically my idea was it was all about good things come in threes, and uh, I gave Harrison a few bullet points for to have ready for this uh, podcast. And honestly, I just want to know your top three mid-to-late-round potential breakout stars this year, because obviously that's where you win your drafts. That's where you win your fantasy team and your fantasy league is those guys that maybe people miss and you're kind of just going for some value late in the draft. So let's hear it.
2: Yeah, man. So, you know, I may go over the allotted uh, three, um, but I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and give you a couple of my favorites. So, you know, as far as breakouts go, this guy sort of already had a mini breakout last year. But if you look at every one of the draft boards, he's not on anyone's draft board. And so what is everyone always worried about? Tight ends. So my first guy coming out, Logan Thomas, tight end, Washington. All right, I gotta say, Fitz is under center now. Logan Thomas, when he was on the field last year, he he got a ton of targets. Actually, I got a, I got a few stats for here for you here. In twenty twenty, played in sixteen games, so it's it's gonna be really weird um, doing the whole seventeen game thing. You know? Oh, it's very weird. Eight and eight, it'll be eight and nine. So anyway, so. Played in all 16 games, 110 targets, 72 receptions. He only had six touchdowns, but you got to remember that team was on life support. So the way I look at tight end is if you don't have Kelsey or Kittle or one of the top guys, you're really, you're kind of shooting in the dark most of the season. I always end up streaming tight ends. So my guy, late round, he's not on anyone's radar, Logan Thomas.
0: I love that because I had a draft last night and I got Logan Thomas as my number one tight end. So hearing that makes me a lot more confident in that pick.
2: He's going to be good. He's going to be. I mean, I I had him. I think I I had him half the season last year. I think towards the end, and I'm pretty sure he carried me through a few games. So uh, anyway, so that's that. That's my tight end. I think tight end is pretty important. So I want to lead up with that. You know, another guy I want to talk about is Jarrett Patterson, also on Washington. So you know, we'll get into um potential bust after this, but Jared Patterson is a rookie running back on the Washington football team. And if you watch preseason, he looks like an absolute maniac. So what people are saying though is, you know, Antonio Gibson is the guy. And then you have JD McKissick. They're like, you know, so so where is there any room for Jared Patterson? I got kind of a bold prediction here. I think Antonio Gibson might get kicked to the curb. And I think Jared Patterson by the end of the season is going to be their RB one. Wow. I never would have guessed that big volume coming from this dude. I think, I mean, if you watch him, he, he, you could just tell, go back and watch some tape on Jared Patterson. Looks absolutely amazing. Fitz loves to chuck the ball. That's going to open up the run game a lot more. You got to remember their quarterback situation last year was also just absolutely brutal. I mean, you had the great, you know, Alex Smith story and all that, but I mean, it was it was just terrible. I mean, they didn't do a ton with their offensive line, but I have a feeling that with, with Antonio Gibson's kind of little dodgy injury history and Judy McKissick just sort of being the pass catching back, Jared Patterson's going to be the bruiser.
0: Yeah, man. Hey, I guess you're a big fan of the Washington football team coming into the season. Look at that.
2: You know, not really. apparent <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe I am actually. <laughs> I, you know, I hadn't decided that and pre-decided that, but uh, now that you say something, um, I'm I'm kind of excited. It might just be because I still love Ryan Fitzpatrick, and I want him to do well so badly. Yeah, um,
0: that's fair. And honestly, because of how bad their division is, like they have just as good of a chance as any to win the division.
2: So exactly that that's the thing. I mean, that it's like, oh I mean, there are so, several divisions that are just so laughable out there. I mean. <laughs> Like,
0: uh, I don't know if there's any as laughable as the NFC East, though, at least in my opinion. Like, I said it last week, they are just absolute trash from top to bottom.
2: Oh, my God. I got to say, though, I mean, if you think about, I don't know, I really think Washington might have a shot. I know that sounds silly. Washington. Yeah. right? Okay. But, but I mean, I, I, I don't know. I'm kind of feeling it this year, man. I'm <laughs>
0: All right. Well, Harrison, Buffalo Bills, number one, Washington football right. team, number two. I love it.
2: Big Bills guy. All right, so let, let's go ahead and kick it off with the third guy here. Um, well, you know, I have a few guys, but I'm going to go ahead and, and and put a smile on your face and tell you what you want to hear. And I'm going to go with LaVisca Chenault.
0: Hey, let's go. LaVisca Chenault.
2: I think that he – what my, my notes actually say verbatim, might honestly be one of the most legit late-round guys. So – I mean, I got to say, you know, my other guys, I had Kareem Hunt. He's not that late. People know about him, but he's not on anyone's draft board. I'm not seeing anyone take him, you know. So what,
0: what team is he on now?
2: Oh, uh, he's still in Cleveland. So he still, is? Okay. Still, so he's still, but, but you know, he's just, people are like, well, it's like they forgot that he was a superstar. I don't know. So, <laughs> so he, But he's more mid-round. Um, I got Paris Campbell on the Colts, who, I mean, T.Y. Hilton's injured yet again. They got a new quarterback. Offensive line's always been steady.
0: Oh, I didn't know Hilton got hurt.
2: Yeah, running game's looking good. So, you know, you have Michael Pittman over there, but I think Paris Campbell might have a shot to maybe do something this year. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll go ahead with your dude, LaVisca we'll, we'll So we'll stick with top three. Logan Thomas, Jared Patterson, and LaVisca for you.
0: Yeah, LaVisca, man. He was uh, highly touted coming out of college. You drafted him, in, drafted him in the second round last year. He's just a big play dude and he's huge. Like he's just a tank. Like he's basically a running back with wide receiver skills.
2: He looks amazing, man. I mean, you know, and if you're watching preseason, um, Trevor Lawrence just, he was only, it seemed like he was his first look every time. Yeah. I mean, no matter what, he just trying was trying to force the ball to him. So I, you know, We'll go ahead. Top three. Yep. Lock it in. LaVisca. Most legit late round guy.
0: I love it. Love to hear it. All right. So Harrison is locked in his top three mid to late round breakout players. I love the list, especially with the LaVisca Chanel pick, but we will move on to three early round potential busts. Every Mm -hmm. year has them. Every year has this guy that you're so excited to draft. Like this guy is going to go off. You read all of the descriptions about how this guy is going to be so good. His situation is perfect. But then you just end up having a guy that does absolutely nothing for you, and you wasted so much draft capital on him. So, Harrison, who should people avoid this year?
2: Oh, man. Well, you know, I'm just going to lead it off with a player that I don't even really think needs much of a breakdown. Um, Because if you played fantasy at all or watched the NFL, you already know this, but you already know he's still going to get picked early. It's my man Joe Mixon. Dude is going to be useless. Oh, man. Useless, and I, I, and I promise you, he's gonna go at the very latest mid second round. It happens every year, nothing's gonna change. Nothing's changed in Cincinnati. Joe Mixon is not going to do anything. So, I, well, you know what? Let me roll it back here. You said potential, so maybe he's not gonna do anything. <laughs> I know he's not gonna do anything, so we'll go ahead. You know, I mean, all you need to do is look at history here and look at what they did in the offseason, which was nothing. And, I mean, you know, I I feel bad for Joe Burrow. I feel bad for T. Higgins. I really like T. Higgins. Um, And I feel bad for Joe Mixon because I thought he would be really good, but he's just not. They're just going to be a bad team yet again. And Joe Burrow is going to be running for his life. And maybe T Higgins would be a good late round flyer. That's about all I got for that team. So I got to say Joe Mixon is going to be a big bust again this year.
0: Do you think it's the player or do you think it's just the situation more?
2: Situation for sure. I mean, okay. he, he, he he could be a stud if you threw him on a team with a really fantastic offensive line, he would, he would be great, but he just, I don't know. He's just never had the opportunity in Cincinnati. I mean, you know, you would think after Joe Burrow's leg almost got torn in half that Cincinnati would have drafted, you know, maybe somebody functional, uh, you know, to protect him, but they didn't. And I don't know. You know, they were saying that he even actually tried to persuade the Bengals front office to draft Jamar Chase first, the wide receiver. Not – I just – I don't understand the whole situation. I think – Hey, he
0: doesn't care. He'll he'll take the hits, he thinks. You know, he's just – you got to give me weapons.
2: I think it's cursed. I think they're cursed. Uh, I feel – I feel sad for the people of Cincinnati, but you know, it is what it is. So, so Joe uh Joe Mixon's my first guy. Um, you know, another guy, I'm going to give you another running back um who I'm just so weary about. I don't I don't want to be weary, but I am. And it's Zeke. You know, I mean, Zeke has had what one huge season his entire career and during that season, I'm pretty sure that it was like four of the offensive linemen were in the pro bowl, something crazy like that. Don't quote me on that, but it was, it was something outrageous. I mean, he had uh, essentially uh, 20 footholds to run through on every play. Yeah. That
0: Dallas offensive line back then was so good.
2: It was crazy. And and, and they don't have any of the same players. I mean, I don't think there's a single, I think. I don't think there's a single offensive lineman. That's the same from that crew. I could be wrong. I'm going to need to research that further, but either way, I I think you might be right. You look at the past couple of years, and I mean, he just can't get a dime with that behind that offensive line. I think if you want a cowboy, I mean, C.D. Lamb, and obviously, you know, everyone is keeps forgetting that Amari Cooper also exists. I know we're not talking. <laughs> I know we're not talking about breakouts or you know someone to look for as a sleeper, but I mean, everyone just talks about Dak and Zeke and C.D. Lamb, but. I mean, people just forget Amari Cooper is an absolute studs. I had to throw that in there for you. But I got to say, Zeke, I think he's going to be a big potential bust. It's going to be really hard. I got, I got picked number five in my, uh, my league of record on Saturday. And I, I have a feeling Zeke's going to be there. I think it's probably going to be a, cho- a choice between Zeke, Chubb, Aaron Jones, something like that. Um, unless someone makes a really boneheaded pick and someone like Camara or Dalvin cook falls to me, but you know, I, I think he's going to be there and I think I'm going to have to pass.
0: Yeah, no, that's totally fair. And obviously he had to deal with some fumbling woes last season, which was definitely out of character for him last season. He just, once he started fumbling a couple of times, it just snowballed for basically the rest of the season. And obviously the team just being bad, overall and then him having to feel he probably felt the pressure of having to carry the team and in today's NFL that's so hard for any running back it doesn't matter how good you are like it is so hard for one running back to carry a team and it's it's uh I did see during one of their preseason games that he's actually in the best shape he's ever been since his freshman year of uh, college at Ohio State so he he cut a lot of weight Obviously, he was always a little bit of a doughy guy, you know, a little thick, so he's able to shed, yeah.
2: He loves showing off that belly, though.
0: (laughs) He does love love showing off that belly. So everything in in those regards is pointing in the right direction, but you're right. Like, I'm going to believe it when I see it. If I have one of those top picks and Zeke is on the board, I'm going to feel the same exact way and be like, I'll pass. There are some other options that might make a little bit more sense. Like you said, Nick Chubb. Uh, comes to mind. I
2: love Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb Chubb is a great pick. You know, it's interesting you say that about the fumbling. So he did have six fumbles last year. Um, Ironically, he had five fumbles in his best season and six fumbles in his second best season.
0: Okay. Um, So maybe it was, it felt like it was a lot of fumbles in a short period of time. I think that's what it
2: was. I mean, six fumbles is not an unremarkable number of fumbles. I I mean that's that's a decent bit. Yeah. Back. I mean, you know, I'm looking back now. I mean, back in 2019, um, that was his last season over a thousand yards. Uh, he had 12 TDs. Last season, six TDs. I mean, you got to wonder how much of that has to do with Z, with uh, Dak being gone. Excuse me. Yeah. Uh, I, I I don't I don't know what it is. I just I just don't I just don't feel good about him. You know, I could eat my words on that, but. I think I'd, I'd rather take someone that I have a lot of strangely placed faith in this year, uh, and that's Nick Chubb.
0: Yeah, Nick Chubb is a, is definitely a guy to go for. But who was your third?
2: Yep, my third. So I have – you know, I got a handful here. Um, I'll just go ahead and throw out uh, Kittle. I know everyone loves Kittle. Love him. You want a tight end early that you can cash in on? People are going to spend maybe second, maybe – Early third round picks on him, and uh, that's just another situation. I just don't know if, if I feel comfortable with. I mean, it seems like some teams are just built on Indian burial grounds or something. I mean, Kittle just could, can't stay healthy. I always want, for some reason, for Raheem Moster to just go. I mean, the the two quarterback situation that they're working with right now. I mean, you know, they've they've fluffed up their offensive line a little bit. A little bit. They have some good receivers, but I just. I don't know. Kittle, I, I think that, I don't know. I just, it's a feeling. It's a feeling.
0: I think this is more of the fact that people are going to be giving up too much draft capital for him. Like, yes, okay. he is definitely the number two tight end, but he is nowhere near Travis Kelsey in terms of consistency, in terms of just, you know, what you're going to get out of Kelsey. It's going to be elite level play. Kittle's, he definitely could be a victim of his circumstance and then he could end up being a middle of the pack. Whereas there's no way that's going to happen with Kelsey. Like, even if if Mahomes gets hurt and they throw out the Henny Bomb and he comes out, like, Kelsey's still going to get his.
2: <laughs> the Henny Bomb.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Henny Bomb. But So, I 100% agree with your pick. I would definitely avoid him until probably at least, like, the fourth round. If Kittle drops to them, then, yeah, I'll grab him then. But
2: 100%. there's
0: no way that's going to happen.
2: Right with it. I mean, honestly, and, you know, it's crazy. Tight end is such a weird position every year in fantasy. I mean, you know, you got people taking uh, Kyle Pitts in the first round, which is just like so cool. he's never even played an NFL snap. I mean, you know, honestly, like I said, I, I really love uh, a Logan Thomas pick. Uh, and there's going to be some guys around late. I mean, you know, you got to remember Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith are both on the Patriots now. And now that Cam Newton's cut, Mac Jones looks like he can throw the ball. I have a feeling Johnny Smith, because Hunter Henry can never stay healthy. I mean, he's had, what, one fully healthy season since he started. I, think, I know. I think Johnny Smith is going to be – like, he's going to be a late-round guy. I guarantee he's there in the mid to late rounds. He's going to be huge. I mean, Zach Ertz still exists. I mean, you got to remember, there's, like, all these really good guys. Tight end for the first year that, that, it, that I can ever remember is actually kind of deep this year. So, I think you can skip over spending all your money on guys like kittle kelsey i would say is always worth it i mean you know if if you're crazy if someone took kelsey in the first round i wouldn't say anything but
0: i mean what you had the second or third most yards in the league last year or something like that
2: yeah i mean if you (laughs) just it's it's really ridiculous yeah (laughs) yeah i mean he's up there with you know and alvin camara as far as like total yardage goes yeah definitely So, so there's your third, there's your third, you know, I hope, I hope that uh, if I lead anybody to uh, during their drafts, obviously, you know, by the way, if anyone is listening to this and you've already drafted, I mean, your league is a Bush league. No, everyone knows you don't draft until after preseason. So, you know, if anyone listens to this and they take my advice, I hope that it works out.
0: Yes. I I definitely hope so too. Yeah. I did have one draft yesterday. I thought it was a little weird that it was that early and you're right. The closer to the season, the better, because obviously you could waste precious draft capital on guys who get hurt. And then you're just like, well, that was a complete waste. So yeah, that's a good way to look at it. But uh, yeah. So the final uh, or the third topic that I wanted to cover with you on here was you actually mentioned earlier that Mac Jones has taken over for the Patriots. I'm sure by this point, on the podcast, Mike and I will have already discussed it, but um, that's a huge impact in fantasy and in the real NFL world. And the fact that there are now three rookie quarterbacks locked in to start week one for this NFL season, is pretty crazy. And all three of them seem like they could at least be pretty decent. You know, like sometimes uh, teams will throw rookie quarterbacks into situations that they definitely shouldn't be in. And then they, you know, for sure that they're just not going to be that good out the gate. But these three guys might actually be pretty decent. Now, do you think they will be viable in terms of fantasy?
2: That's a great question. Um, You know, I mean, the three you're talking about are obviously Trevor Lawrence, Mac Jones, and Zach Wilson. I want it to be Justin Fields, but, you know, we'll wait till midseason when Andy Dalton has a meltdown or Matt Nagy has a meltdown or something. (laughs) um, you know, honestly, if you're just watching preseason, I mean, obviously I'm not breaking down preseason stats because I mean, it's just a waste of time, but I mean, if you look at the guys they were thrown to and you're looking at just how they look at the level of comfort out there, I mean, I, I gotta say, I, this, this is actually quite painful for me to say as a lover of the Buffalo bills, I gotta say Zach Wilson looked pretty fantastic. I had, think he had some real zip on the ball. He's got some kind of okay, decent, maybe solid receivers. Elijah Moore, Corey Davis. They have a new tackle, Moses. I mean, Mackay Becton. I don't know. The jury's still out on him. His running backs suck. Men sucked. But I don't know if anyone's going to do it this year. I think it's going to be Zach Wilson. The Mac Jones news was really shocking. Um, I. I don't know if it's just because they're the Patriots and I want it to be, you know, something. I just don't want it to be good. But I can't deny that he's not in a terrible situation either. I mean, they never let their offensive line deteriorate. They have Jonu Smith, Hunter Henry, Damian Harris. I mean, they, their receivers are pretty terrible. Nikhil Harry and Nelson Aguilar. I mean, you know, it's like, but... uh Mac has a good shot. Um, I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't. I just. I don't want it to be. Yeah, yeah.
0: The fact that two of them are in the AFC East, like it's hard for you to talk them up at all. I get it.
2: Right. Well, that's. I, you know, I wanted to at least break them down first. I think. I think. You know, as as bad of the as the Jets have been over the past few years, this is probably the best situation they've had for a while with Robert Sala, uh, head coach. I mean the Patriots, you know, they're always just the Patriots at this point. You know, I, it's I, you know, I, I heard something interesting, which was the this uh, Mac Jones is the first quarterback, the first rookie uh, rookie quarterback to start under Bill Belichick, mm. uh, apparently, since he's uh, been with the Patriots. But that seems a little outrageous to me. I'm just regurgitating here though. Um, anyway, I I don't know. I think it's a coin flip between those two. I think as far as fantasy relevance goes, I know we haven't gotten to your boy, Trevor Lawrence. Yet.
0: <laughs> I know, I've been waiting, waiting very patiently over here. Waiting. I
2: just... Let's go ahead and do the coin flip between Zach and Mac. Oh, I hated that. It just didn't sound good.
0: Zach and Mac. <laughs> <laughs> I hated that.
2: So, uh, you know, I got to say, I think it's going to be... Uh, uh Mac Jones. I think he's gonna be a little bit more uh, fantasy viable this year. I think Zach Wilson looks great, got some zip on the ball, but the piece is just not there. Um yeah. Mac Mac Jones at least has Janu and Damian Harris and Har Henry if he comes back. Um and Nelson Agahor can catch the ball every once in a while. Every so, once in a while. Yeah. So I think I think he'll be alright. I think he's gonna be good. He'll probably be um you know pretty he, he's a he's a pretty big dude. He's not a huge runner. Um, more of like a pocket passer, uh, if you watch him at Alabama. But, you know, I think he'll be good. I think he'll be good. Um, slightly better than Zach Wilson. If you're really hurting for a quarterback or you're a two-quarterback league, I think it one of them will be fine. Um, as far as Trevor Lawrence goes, you know, I think he's a much better runner than people give him credit for. And I think he actually would probably – as bad as the Jaguars are going to be. I'm sorry, man. I, as bad Wait, as you don't they're,
0: think they're going to win the division?
2: Come on, uh, dude. Unfortunately, I heard your prediction, and you know <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm with you on that. As bad as they're going to be, I think that Trevor Lawrence might be a little bit better in fantasy than either one of those guys purely because I think people are overlooking his legs. Um, he's actually a better runner in college than Justin Fields if you go back and look at the stats, and Justin Fields is like... Everyone talks about how big of a runner he is. Um, I mean, obviously, he can pass. I think if he can get the ball out and LaVisca can stay healthy. I mean, you got to remember, he also has Marvin Jones Jr. on his team. And he is a stud. I mean, if you watch him in Detroit, like, you know, Detroit is also another just cursed franchise. But they're, you know, they're my Lake Erie bros. But I got to say, it's just like, it just feels like they're cursed. I mean, but Marvin Jones Jr. looks great. LaVisca looks great chark is and eh. we gotta remember they got robinson too yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be a matter of if their offensive line can hold off for just a second i think he'll be able to get it done if it were me i had to choose out of the three this is late round mind you this isn't my QB one. you want i would I'd, I'd probably take lawrence and i'm not even a big lawrence guy um either this is just purely purely based on the player that they are
0: Yeah, and that's kind of what I would choose, too. Unbiased out of those three, I would definitely choose Trevor Lawrence as well. He's definitely got, I believe, the best pieces to work with in terms of receivers. Um, He's got the best running back out of the three as well. And obviously, since their defense is so bad, they're going to have to play from behind a lot, which means he's going to be slinging
2: it. That's a great point. You're absolutely right. They've done absolutely nothing to get their defense up. I mean, that's something that Zach and back both have going for him is their defenses are pretty solid. The Jets actually, their defense look a lot better this year. The secondary is a little shaky, but um, Trevor Lawrence does not have that luxury. I mean, he's going to feel so much. I, I mean, I, I just hope he doesn't go the way of, I mean, I, say it. I, I just, I hope he's okay. I hope he makes it through the full season. I think yeah, there's a lot of potential there. Um, you know, I do just want to shout out my boy La- Laquan Treadwell. I've always wanted him to be good. I loved him when he got drafted. Former first-round pedigree. He just has sucked. So
0: much. Yeah, I know. I was surprised they cut him. I thought he was going to make it.
2: But you know, I just I hope he does okay. I hope he does okay. <laughs> um, but anyway, I think it's going to be it's going to come down to those offensive line lines man, and I think that I, I'm 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 betting on Trevor but I, I don't think you can go wrong late in the draft or in a two QB league. I there wouldn't take guys as my starter. <laughs> That's <laughs> I, totally I would, fair. I would like to get something from you, though, which is I, I'm curious what your record projections are for the three teams. I know I'm hitting you with a curveball here. <laughs> and I know that you're going to have to do some mental math here, but I'm just kind of curious what you think these rookie QBs are going to be able to pull out for final records.
0: I honestly think they're all going to be – pretty similar i think they're all going to be around the six the five to seven win mark all three of the teams that that's my guess
2: okay well you know i i wrote mine down i'm going to give you some predictions are you ready yeah let's see it okay i'll start with your babies it's gonna hurt it's not gonna feel good (laughs) Three and 14.
0: Hey, it's an improvement from last year, right?
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'm going to go down the line again. A little bit better, not so much to the Jets, five and 12. All right. I think that, well, that's also an improvement, I believe, as well. 100%. Yeah, they had two wins last year. (laughs) I don't think it'll be as ugly as it was last year, but the competition is just too stiff for them. Yeah. Uh, All right. And this just makes me feel just dirty inside to even say it. I don't like it. I don't like anything about it. But I'm going to I'm, I'm going to go ahead. I'm putting it on the record. I think Patriots I think they're going to go 9 and 8. Oh,
0: they're going to go above 500.
2: I have a feeling we're going to see an absolutely ridiculous checkdown volume. We're going to see <laughs> a ton of running and we're going to see a lot of touchdowns. I really, really do think so. I don't think they're going to beat the Bills, but I think they're going to do... I think they're... Unfortunately, I just... You can't hold them off for too long, man. Yeah. And I think I think 9 and 8 where I'm going.
0: All right. Well, there are your predictions for the two AFC East rivals to the Bills and the Jacksonville Jaguars, everybody's favorite team, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Harrison, thank you so much for coming on, man. This is hopefully going to be turn out to be very helpful for everybody who's listening to this going into their drafts. Seems like everybody and their mother has a fantasy team nowadays, so this type of information is helpful to a lot of people. So, thank you, man.
2: Of course, man. Yeah, thanks for having me on.
0: Yep, and uh, one one more quick thing, Harrison, huge fan of Najee Harris, so draft him.
2: Oh yeah, you? Yes, sir. That's right. You know, I that is something I put it in big bold letters. Najee will not be a bust. He's gonna be rookie season Kareem Hunt 2.0. He's gonna be the new Le'Veon Bell, I promise. Take him in the first, take him in the second. Just take him.
0: He's gonna be Kareem Hunt, but without
1: the domestic violence. Good for him.
2: Domestic violence, right? And it just all you <laughs> gotta do, just go watch some tape. There's
1: no way you can't agree. All right, so there you have it, folks. Our NFC division winners predictions and our NFC seating predictions. We released our AFC predictions last week, but we will not say who are, who is going to win each conference until next week when we reveal our preseason Super Bowl picks as to who we think will be in the Super Bowl this year. One thing I have to also say about uh, when we were talking about Jared Goff not being that good with the Rams, I think we should have. It should have been obvious to everyone that Jared Goff wasn't for real when he only put up three points against a defense that gave up 40 plus points to Nick Foles the year before. So (laughs) let's just put it into context that there. That's why Jared Goff is not the guy in Los Angeles anymore. And he now plays where he belongs in Detroit. Oh my God. I feel so bad for Detroit fans. I feel so bad for New York Giant fans
0: judging from how Mike was talking about his team today, man, you need a little bit more confidence in those guys. And I don't know if they're going to be, fine. I, I, like I gonna be I fine.
1: I can't be a blind optimist anymore when it comes to the, I, the giants are my, of all my sports teams. And I love all my sports teams. Uh, the giants are the team that shifts my mood the most. I am so happy and floating on a cloud when they win. And I just feel in despair every Sunday that they lose, and I have been in despair for a long, long time.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, has it been like eight years since uh, I mean, I mean, any they, success.
1: They, they won this. This is the ten-year anniversary of their Super Bowl win in Super Bowl forty-six. Uh, and since Super Bowl forty-six, they have had one winning season. One. well one play they had a winning record but they didn't make the playoffs uh the year after they won the super bowl but they have had one appearance in the playoffs and it was an 11 and 5 season where the offense was terrible the only reason they made the playoffs because the nfc lease was so bad and the defense was so good it carried them to an 11 and 5 season where they got knocked out easily in the first round by the green bay packers so that's all i've got in 10 years
0: Oh, I'm so, sorry, Mike. You're going to have to go another year because the Philadelphia Eagles and gardner Minshew are about to win that division, baby. No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I said this to you privately, I think, and I'm going to say it publicly here on the podcast. If the New York Giants, Daniel Jones, I hope you're listening. If the New York Giants start the season 8-0, I will go on to NFLshop.com and pick myself up a Daniel Jones jersey. But if they do not accomplish that, no no Daniel Jones jersey will come into this household. <laughs>
0: All right, that's fair, uh, yeah. man. Hey, man, every jersey I decide to get, the guy either leaves the team or gets traded within a year. So, I,
1: well, I, yeah. yeah I, 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 Well, I have four New York Giants jerseys that still fit me. I used to have a Jeremy Shockey jersey that's long gone. Doesn't, it, I had it when I was in elementary school. So that one's long gone. But I have a Tiki Barber jersey that barely fits me. Uh, It's a road Tiki Barber jersey, old style, Reebok. Uh, gotta love it. I have a Odell Beckham Jr. jersey. Hey, he's not on the team anymore, but he has the greatest catch of all time. He's in a giant's uniform and he makes that, um, there's a red stain on it, which really kind of stinks (laughs) because it's a white Jersey. (laughs) Um, and then I have Eli and I have Saquon Barkley. So right now, three of my four are all career New York giants players. Hopefully Saquon will stay that way uh I, i'm i'm hoping the next time i buy a jersey which i'm, I'm holding off from buying a jersey because really i only wear them during the nfl season they just kind of sit in my closet the rest and they're of the so year. damn
0: expensive too yeah
1: I, I i think the next jersey i bought uh i purchase will be a michael strahan jersey yeah. no He's that's a, good just go with a
0: classic that's gonna last forever
1: yeah exactly I, I i would love a classic old jersey style uh lawrence taylor jersey like the uniform they wore back then, but I looked online. They're like $200. I'm like, I'm not paying $200 for a jersey for a player that, yes, I know is a legend for the Giants franchise, but I never actually saw play. Right. That's, no. No, not that's worth not it. worth it.
0: That's not worth it. But you know what was worth it was buying a Blake Bortles jersey and getting two of them.
1: Oh, one yeah. For free. Yeah, I got yeah. one. And
0: they, they had so many left over there. I like, screw it. Let's give this guy two of them.
1: And yet when we went to go see Blake Bortles in person at My Life Stadium, you did not wear one of those Blake Bortles jerseys. That's right, yeah. I wore
0: my Jalen Ramsey jersey, and then he ended up leaving. <laughs> oh, the woes of being a Jaguars and Giants fan. Well, I hope you guys enjoy listening to that. Go ahead,
1: yeah. No, I was going to say, I have been to a Bills-Jaguars game, and I have been to a Giants-Jaguars game, and I've been to a Steelers-Lions preseason. I have never seen more. I, 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 I saw way more Jaguar fans out there. And both of those games, and I saw any Lions fans at the Steelers game. So Jaguar fans, they are real and they exist other than Drew. I'm telling you folks at home right now, they exist and they travel pretty well. They travel pretty well. So hopefully those Jaguar fans that travel well get to see an exciting quarterback in Trevor Lawrence this year. And I think that you do. He is my number two quarterback in one of my fantasy leagues.
0: Hey, hey, hey there we go. That was a smart pick. Smart pick, Mike. Yeah. Yeah, that was a smart pick. It was also a smart pick for everybody listening to this podcast to pick this show to learn about everything that is the NFL 21-22 season. This was a lot lot of fun going over both the AFC and NFC, giving our predictions. Mike, thank you for putting in the actual effort to give people good analysis while my dumbass just threw out whatever came to the top of my head.
1: Well, for all of you out there, no, I am not seeing a therapist with my anger issues towards the New York Giants, but I will look into it. No, I won't. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, no, I won't. I will just watch the Giants as I always do. And I will root for them wholeheartedly. And if they win, I will be very happy. And if they lose, I will be very, very sad. And I think that's healthy. Yeah, fair enough. Well, there it is. He's Money Mike. I'm Drew Torres. And thank
0: you guys for listening to another damn sports podcast.